episode 62. Welcome to Dharmic Evolution. Hey everybody, I'm your host, James Kevin O'Connor, singer, songwriter, audio, video artist, and master storyteller. Today we're off to Chicago to visit with this Greek wonder, Sarantos. Yes, this man is a very talented singer, songwriter, and he has a whole unique approach to music like you've never heard before. So strap up your seatbelts and let's go for a ride. Sarantos, welcome, my friend, from Chicago to the Dharmic Evolution. Great to have you here today. Thank you, Kevin. It's uh, great to be here, and I appreciate the invite. Yeah, it's, um, so what's going on in the Windy City? How you guys doing out there? What's the weather like? You know, it was a little cold, but now today I think it's like 50, so it's kind of crazy. I don't think we're going to have a white Christmas. <laughs> nah, we're back here on the East uh, Coast. It's the same thing. It's yeah. it's going to be 60, uh, I think, for Christmas Day. So uh, the white Christmas is elusive this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, so I was checking out your stuff. You've got some really interesting and great music. So, um, you know, tell me, how did you get connected to music for starters? Like, what inspired you to be to become a musician and a songwriter? You know, the best way I can describe it is I just feel like it was something innate deep in my soul that I just always wanted to do. And I, like most people, you know, you kind of get busy with life. You have these uh, dreams and you're not sure if you should ever go for it. You know, are they fantasies? Are they ever going to come true? And I kind of just put it on the back burner. But it was always there. You know, even as a little kid, I always, I always loved to, like, dance, sing. You know, I, I started writing lyrics at a very, very young age. And it always appealed to me. You know, I tried to listen to anything I get my hands on. And it was just there. That's the best way I can describe it. So now, let me ask you this. You are Greek, correct? Correct, yeah. So, so a couple things you can help me out on. First of all, um, do you think your Greek heritage had something to do with the dancing and the singing, the, the, just that drive, that, that inspiration to celebrate? You know, honestly, I do think it did because my parents, uh, my dad worked in the restaurant. They basically just worked, but they always, you know, when they came home, singing dancing um you know it was accepted it was okay and you know when you would go to weddings or something it was okay for everyone to get up and dance and be festive and i do think that somehow that you know that affected me i really do so not only okay but it was it was almost expected right it was a celebration time yeah well and you know every every greek young kid has a story where he's petrified like i don't want to go up there i don't want to you know uh dance i don't want to but you know you I think most people overcome that, but I, I shouldn't say that. I think a lot of people don't. And yeah, it was it was expected. It was celebration was uh, in Greek. There's a word gephi, which means you know you celebrate. You um, you know good. You, everyone has good times, bad times, but it's okay to accept it as a part of life, and you just accept the human spirit in a way. Great. So, you know, the, the other part of that question I wanted to ask you is also I have contacted, um, I have one 
uh, young lady from Greece who's coming on the show in January. And I've been trying to reach out. And uh, just this past week, we hit the 30-country milestone mark for Dharmic Evolution. And, and it was my conscious effort to reach around the world. I just didn't want to be in the U.S. I wanted to uh, celebrate the artistic values and... and um, and um, you know, just the people around the world who are making these incredible contributions to the uh, world of music. So uh, I've been trying to get Greece over, and I haven't done it yet. But man, I'm very tenacious. So maybe you can help me out to that end, and uh, you know, shoot me some of your brothers and sisters over there who can um, who can come on the show and share their artistry. Hey, so let's start here, um, Santos. So let's do. Um, uh, Sorantos, I'm sorry. Um, let's do one of these tracks I wanted to play, um, and it's called Easy to Believe. So let's check this out. Sorantos. killer song Sorrentos hey man tell me about that track so I went down that road and quickly realized that I did not belong yeah it's uh, you know any great lyricist uh, you know there's always your central meaning to the song and a double or triple meaning so you know the song essentially is about a guy who's in love 
know, he's madly in love. And when you're in love, things are very easy. You know, it's easy to believe his dreams have become real. But the flip side to that is also, you know, the double meaning can be, you know, it's real or is it really? You know, so he actually, uh, one of the triple meanings is, you know, he's walking away from love, but then because he thinks it's real, but then he realizes the other love isn't real. So it it just, uh, again, it's a little open to interpretation, but the central theme is basically it's about love. You know, I got to tell you, um, the second that song started, I just hear, and I made this in the highest order of compliment, I hear Brian Wilson. And it's just, it just, that song just wraps itself around my spirit. I just love the emotive vibe of that song. It's just amazing. And the lyrics are awesome, too. So, um, so you have a very eclectic writing style. You don't just let yourself get uh, immersed into one camp and say, you know, I'm doing grunge rock or I'm doing death metal or whatever. You seem to be open to writing whatever mood hits you, correct? Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, in my first CD, I experimented a lot. So there was a country song, a rap song, a jazz song. But my second CD was more kind of where I see myself in that, you know, my style is kind of 80s rock mixed with modern pop rock music. So that I think it became more clear, but I'm very open to experimenting and I hope that I can collaborate with uh, people in all sorts of genres. You know, let me ask you also about um, the production on that. Like, who is, uh, you know, where are you doing your production? Are you, uh, are you staying in Chicago or are you going somewhere else? You know, believe it or not, people kind of are surprised to hear this, but in terms of the, all the vocals are done in my family room, okay. which is obviously not a studio. <laughs> right. And uh, everything I, is kind of created in Logic Pro, and then what ends up happening is, if I feel like, hey, I want live drums on this, you know, I'll hire a session drummer uh, to, to lay down the drums. And then I, I basically have one person that, mi- that mixes everything. Um, so that's kind of the process. So it's not done in a studio. It's not done professionally, I guess. But obviously, you know, when you're an indie artist and you're putting out a new song, a new video, a new book chapter every month, you're, you're kind of limited in your budget. So I, I do the best I can. I think that it sounds... Uh, it sounds very good. I think it's getting better and better as the process has uh, been perfected a little bit, but nothing's done in a studio. That's Yeah, it sounds really, really um, very high quality. When you do the drums, are you doing it online? Do you send your tracks somewhere and have them cut them and send them back to you? So what I have is there's a guy in the Chicago area that I like. Um, you know, I've through my couple years of doing this, believe it or not, I work with people all over the world. Right. So, um, you know, I've, I, hey, there's a great guitar guy in Argentina. There's someone else in Europe. But the drummer's actually in the Chicago area. And what I'll do is I'll send him the Logic file, and he will just replicate the drums. You know, he can ad-lib a little bit. We kind of talk about it. But then basically the guy that mixes it, you know, swaps it out and mixes the whole process for me. Right. So you just send him, like, uh, basically a click track or a rudimentary, you know, uh, canned drum sound, and he just takes it from there? Yeah, it's actually, you know, Logic has some pretty cool drum stuff, so yeah. some of it is loops, some of it is, you know, I always tell people I'm not an instrumentalist. I mean, I think in Logic, you know, if you can take a full second to hit a key, you can pretend you're a guitarist and a drummer and whatever you want, but at the end of the day, you know, uh, whatever I've created, whether it's a loop, whether it's a drum machine, whether it's whatever it is, um, 
for the most part, not on every track, you know, some of the um, dance type stuff or pop, you know, sometimes when it's mixed, you just make it sound a little more real. But it just depends what the vibe is, you know, what the song is and what, what we're looking for. Right. You mentioned earlier, you said, hey, I do like a song, whether I'm doing a song, a video or a book. So I just wanted to ask you the frequency of that. Yeah, it basically is every single month. So this is my second full year doing it. And what I do is there's 11 months out of the year, you know, January through November, that there's a new song, video, and book chapter every single month. And then the end of November is when the CD comes out and the book. So, you know, December is kind of my month off. But, you know, what I've done the last two years, last year I surprised people with a surprise Christmas CD that had 24 tracks on it. And then this year I surprised them with a solo instrumental CD that had 15 tracks on it. So... What ends up happening in December is, you know, I have like 15 videos that I'm putting out like, you know, one every day. So it December actually ends up being a busier month than the rest of the year. But that's kind of the process. Right. That's that's a pretty heavy schedule. Wow. Did you. So what um, inspired you to throw down the challenge to yourself to do this? I, you know, when I first thought about it, I thought. What does everybody do? You know, everybody puts out a CD every three years. They'll make two, three videos, and then you don't hear from them for three years. And I really wanted to stay in touch with the fans every month. Right. And, and I certainly realized the drawback to that is, you know, people get sick of the same sound. You know, people get sick of... But when I looked at it, you know, anytime I ever bought a CD, even of someone I was thrilled to buy and I was excited, when you sit and listen to 10 songs in a row... It's, it's hard to keep that interest there. So I figured, you know, if I'm releasing one every single month, I'm releasing the CD throughout the year. Um, and I just thought it'd be more exciting. So that was the initial plan. And then as it came to light, I was like, you know what? I don't want to put out a video you know, or two. I want to put one every month. Right. And, uh, and then the last thing that evolved was I was like, you know what? No artist has ever released a book other than a bio and i want to release a book and tailor it to each song each month very cool yeah i I thought it was different and it's a fiction fantasy book and next year is going to be the third book of the trilogy and then i'm going to go off to like a whole other storyline and a whole other tangent so it's 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 interesting you know it keeps me busy it's very interesting and uh they say great minds think alike because i'm doing for something very similar (laughs) and i believe in what you're doing because uh i think it is kind of cool to release you know one at a time each month and just to keep people like interested like you said and um you know my uh my headphones are off to you for that so production tell me about you also said um that you were doing um a record that is completely instrumental or a, a solo yeah so, so so what's the what's the um what's the instrument it varies so oh, okay. if you look at it yeah it was released uh, like a week and a half ago but basically oh what's the title uh, best solo instrumentals. So awesome. it's on. It's on. Uh, you can download them for free on my website for your fans. You can obviously get it on iTunes or Google or whatever you want. But basically, the intention was I wanted to surprise people, and I thought next year's surprise CD, just to let you know, is full instrumentals. But I thought it'd be kind of cool. You know, nobody really hears instrumentals that are just one instrument like one accordion or a drum or a piano or an acoustic guitar right so you know every everyone has a theme and even though there's no lyrics i was like okay this one is called after the war and you know it's an instrumental thinking so i thought it was kind of a cool project and believe it or not it's kind of fascinating but um my music has continued to 
rate better and better and has continued to you know grow and have more buzz and i think get better vocally um instrumentally everything but the instrumentals three out of the instrumentals of the 15 got rated as my highest songs i've ever done which is kind of interesting to me because there's no lyrics and no singing so wow you know my friends kind of make fun of me about that but um Again, I, I feel like I'm getting better, and I feel like it's a process, and I want to keep surprising the fans. You know, your friends aren't saying stop singing, are they? No, because you got to you got to disconnect from them. Yeah, when I <laughs> when I first started, you know, I'd get teased about it, but uh, I think I think now they kind of realize that I'm never going to stop till the day I die, and I think they've they definitely realize that wow, there's less, there's no auto tune on that, and you know, it's better, and the phrasing, and the pitch, and the and my friends, you know, most people don't truly understand the specifics. Um, but people in the industry, you know, I try to review everything. I try to rate things. I try to always get feedback because I'm trying to learn. I mean, I certainly don't feel and I'll never feel that I've arrived. So I try to take constructive criticism and apply it to my craft because I want to get better. Well, you know, folks who are listening there, especially if you're new to the to that art form, just... Um that is really a pearl of wisdom to take uh, very, you know, seriously, which is you just said you hope you never arrive. You don't think you'll ever arrive because the day you, you arrive, you're done. <laughs> and, yeah. and what fun is that, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, so, um, so you've got such a busy schedule, it seems like uh, you've really challenged yourself to put out all this content and do it consistently. Um and I love the fact that you throw in the instrumentals there as just a way to say, hey, I can do this also. Do you feel like when you do the instru instrumental pieces that it kind of helps inspire the other side of you? Like you pull ideas all of a sudden, they came out of nowhere, and all of a sudden you get another idea for your lyrical work. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, you know, I mostly am about the lyrics, so... I mean, I can sit on an average day and write like three to five songs. So I have so many, I have so much material and sometimes it's a full song, sometimes it's half a song, a phrase, a chorus, but I've started to realize the same thing's happening instrumentally. And my biggest problem is, you know, when you don't have a label, you don't have a manager, you don't have an ad agency, you're doing everything yourself. I really am kind of, uh, and I have a day job, obviously. So you're kind of split, you're pulled in a million directions, and you just have to just try to be yourself, focus. Um, that, that's really all I can do. You know, like I said, it's a process, and I'm not looking for overnight success because I don't think that exists. I think you got to put in the work, and if something happens in 10 years, I'm okay with that. That's great. And so while we're contemplating that, What If I Never See You Again by Sorrentos. Check this one out. You passed away almost two years ago now Every night I go searching Looking for a sign of your immortal shadow I wish I'd see a sign Any sign would do I just wanna know You're in a safer place now Back to your old Healthy, happy self 
wish I could find the cure And believe in my humanity and in you I'm half the man I used to be I never used to not believe Especially when I try to fall asleep Cause now I feel so abandoned My thoughts run wild As I lie awake I just can't sleep So, uh, Sorantos, I suspect that you wrote that about a beloved one. Yes, Kevin, absolutely. Uh, I wrote it to commemorate my father. Okay. And, uh, he, he passed away from lung cancer. Actually, we just had his uh, five-year memorial. So I wrote that a couple years ago when, um, to be honest, I was uh, couldn't sleep one night. I just kept thinking about him, and I just kept... And I kept wondering, you know, what if I never see him again? So that was the uh, the inspiration for the song. Right, very very good song. Yes, we we have uh, we have parallel lives, you and I, same stories. <laughs> hey, and same time frames too. I wanted to just circle back for a moment to the uh, comment you mentioned earlier, which is about focus and. Um, I think, you know, focus is just such an incredibly important part of how a musician or songwriter can coexist with the new technologies. And can you just share with our audience and myself, what is your key to success? Because apparently and very obviously, you're a very focused individual to uh, to create this amount of content. And... Um, are there any tips, tricks, strategies that you employ to keep yourself uh, focused? I think probably the most challenging aspect, at least for me, that, you know, there are different challenges initially versus now. So I can tell you for people that are trying to go down this path, initially the hardest thing is who to trust. Okay. And I still have not figured out specifically who to trust to take your career to the next level or with marketing and stuff like that because everybody lies to you and everybody pretends that if you give them 50 bucks or 200 bucks, they're going to get you on some radio or do something. So I would just tell them to have a word of caution with that. The second thing when you start is everybody thinks that they can help you and everybody, you know, when you look for musicians like guitarists and drummers, I've always been very respectful, but it's hard to find people that are, that, that understand your vibe and that are super talented um, and respect your time. You know, if you ask someone to do a drum session, they can't take four months and not respond to 12 emails because if I'm so busy, you just don't have time to deal with that, even if they're super talented. So trying to find people that can help you musically, that can help you, in, in that that's probably the biggest challenge initially. And then, you know, moving along to, you know, the end of my second year, um, some of the same challenges, you know, who do you trust? Um 
I get approached by managers and labels and all sorts of people. And unfortunately, again, you know, people promise you the world. And then after a year, you're like, okay, I finally gave one song to one publisher because they said they had all these movies and shows for it and nothing's happened. So, right. um, you know, you got to keep a positive spin on things and you got to just be yourself because, um, you know, the business can wear you down. It's a business. And I do it because I love it. I give away all my songs for free because, again, I want to do this till the day I die. So when I have one fan say something positive or email me, that means the world to me. And sometimes when you're down in the dumps, you're like, why am I doing this? You know, only like five people bought a song last week on iTunes. And, um, you know, but but the fans lift me up. And it's it's a long journey. And I would urge people to be realistic. That's probably the most critical thing they've got to overcome. Right, yeah. I, I hear what you're saying. Um, and I, I go through some of this, even with guests on this show, and the ones who come through and thrive uh, do what you do. Like you, I sent you the invite, and you got back to every single point. And I know you were a little reticent at first, like, who's this guy from Dharmic Evolution? What the hell is this thing? You know, and, uh, and then when you sent me the comment, like, you know, I'm just, I was a little guarded because I didn't know, you know, the show or, or you just wanted to make sure it was a real deal. But, um, but I have people who I reach out to, and it's like, yeah, 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 I'm in. and then they just evaporate. And I found this through my entire musical career that um, I think just if a word to the wise, just you know, follow through. Uh, follow through is everything, and if you don't follow through, you're just you're you're letting go of uh, wonderful opportunities that in, that are in front of you. And I'm not just saying about this show or me or anything like that. I'm talking about everything. And um, because you never know, you know, you, like you said, you don't know who's good or bad, but, but it's incumbent upon us to ferret out who the good people are that, um, that we can actually, you know, coexist with and kind of complement one another, maybe do some business together. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, again, it's hard. Um, I think sometimes, you know, some of the artists are 18, uh, some are 80, some are 40. Right. Um, I don't think age matters, but I think you just got to get your head screwed on right. And I personally, and I have to be honest, you know, when I first started, there's a part of you that is unrealistic and says, oh, wow, okay, you know, this is going to take off and I'll be on Ellen or Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel and the world is going to, and then all of a sudden nothing happens. Um, right. I, I had one of my songs, my first CD, I love to love you too. I had, I think, something like crazy, like eighty thousand, a hundred thousand likes within like a week when it was released. But then it tapered down. And the other flip side is when you don't have a label, you don't know where that's coming from, and you don't know how to keep the momentum going. So even if a good thing happens to you, again, you can't take advantage of it. You know, you can't really get out there and and keep it going. But I've kind of come to the conclusion that you know, again, I I don't. I don't release songs anymore or videos and think, okay, this is going to get 10 million views and I'm going to, I just don't, I just do it. And whether it gets, you know, uh, 10 likes in a day or whatever it is, I've kind of come to the, you know, I, I just, I want to build this slowly and I want to have real fans because, you know, being in the industry, I mean, I love Taylor Swift. I love all these big artists, but when half of their likes are fake and, you know, it's just that that's the industry, you know, same thing on YouTube and people, don't quite understand if they see you have, you know, 50,000 views on a video, um, they don't realize that, yeah, most of that's real. And, and this is, 
even in the past, I paid to advertise on Facebook, and even what you get from them are fake. You know, so it's not saying that people are buying fake things out there. Even if you're doing the real, you're spending money on Facebook or Twitter. Unfortunately, a lot of what you might get back is not real, and that doesn't help you. Yeah, you know, I've heard this <clears throat> a lot. And as a matter of fact, um, you know, I do a lot with social media, but I do a lot with you know, blood, sweat, and tears. I don't, like the whole thing of going out and buying things. And quite frankly, I've bought a lot of programs that teach you, um, you know, courses and things like that. And I think I've found more value in listening to podcasts than anything else. Um, There is such great information out there. So um, I agree with you. It's like, it's, you have to, if you're an artist, you really have to first and foremost be dedicated to your art and not be thinking that, you know, man, this one song and I'm going to, and I did all the same things that you just described, you know, as a much younger artist. Um, in my days, you know, I recorded in LA and New York and everything and came close to label deals many times. But it's not about that. It's about um, why are you doing it? And if you have the love and the passion and the commitment you will find a way to keep sustaining no matter what. And yeah, I got to share with you this quick story. I read this a long time ago. Um, the editor of uh, Penthouse Magazine, uh, Bob Guccione. Now, he was a very, very young guy. And uh, and when he was young, he said, somebody was interviewing him. And they said, well, uh, how did you do? And he goes, well, I had no money when I first started out. I had a young family. And, and if there was money left, he goes... I would go and buy paintbrushes and paint before I would buy food. And, you know, I didn't understand that at the time, but that was the level of his commitment to, like, he would do anything to make sure his art, you know, got out there and found a way to keep doing it. And uh, I think if you do it for the right reasons, if you, um, you know, find a way, like whether it's you, you have another career and do that, which many of us do, uh, you get to keep it alive, which is always cool. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know what? It does take sacrifice. And, you know, you might watch your friends not just uh, make more money, go on nicer trips, whatever it is. At the end of the day, you know, this probably takes me at a minimum, I would say, 40, 50 hours a week. Right. Um, and it's all on the side. It's all when everyone's gone to bed. It's all, you know, and I'm okay with that because I don't consider it work. And again, not to say I don't have my bad days. You know, everyone gets frustrated. Everyone's like, why am I doing this? But, you know, you just got to have the right reasons. And, you know, the music industry right now is in a really bad place because, um, you know, nobody pays for music. Nobody wants to, you put your blood, sweat, tears into something and people don't want to pay you 99 cents to buy it. So it's just, there's a lot of discouraged people out there with, um, you know, people are making perfect songs out there too, you know, with all the digital stuff you can do. So to me, all I know is I'm trying to make authentic music where if you see me in concert, my voice sounds the same, uh, the instruments are, you know, and that's all you can do. You know, that that's really all you can do. You can only control what you can control. 
Right, right. I have, I've had people on who subscribe to what you just said, and I've also had people on, and some of these younger artists uh, who do get the help. Like I know I've had a lot of young, um, very young, uh, I don't want to say kids, but they're in their teens on this show, and their parents are helping them. So it's almost like it's kind of a cool way if it works. Uh, parents are handling the social media and doing the management thing. And some of them are embracing the new music business. So I think it's still a work in progress. I think I really think in some ways the best days um, are ahead of us. In some way, we're going to figure out a way um, to, to make this so that the independent artists, uh, such as yourself, can thrive and make a hell of a good living. And I don't really have all the answers. I keep I keep putting it out there, the conversation rhetorically, just because I think it's healthy for us all to discuss it and figure it out in some way. So while we're figuring that all out, let's get into back and forth with Serantos. Great track, back and forth. I like that. 
give me the backstory on that, will you, Sarantos? Sure, Kevin. You know, when I first sat down to write that, I think humans, you know, just in their very nature are indecisive. And whether we're told we're passive aggressive, you know, we we can't decide what we want to eat, who we want to date, what we want to do on a certain night. That was kind of the premise to the song. You know, you go back and forth, back and forth. And um, clearly there's a love theme in there, you know. Uh, but that, that was kind of the inspiration, just to write a song about human nature, which I think it's very normal. You know, nobody has to be perfect and know what they want to do all the time. And, you know, if you go out to uh, eat dinner and you're looking at the menu and you can't decide for 30 seconds what looks good, I, I think that's okay. That's what it means to be human. Right, right. So you have a central theme that you seem to adopt in a lot of your songs, love. Yeah, I. so I want it to be different in a way that when I listen to music and I think of what other people have done, to me, sometimes it seems like it's always the same old, same old thing. So I wanted to do songs. Yeah, you know, I definitely have written plenty of love, love songs. Right. But they're different. You know, they're not all, um, if you look at the music videos, if you look at the songs, again, they're not sometimes the standard things. You know, What If I Never See You Again is a very unique twist. Um, it's not a standard thing. When you look at A Mission of Heart, uh, when you look at I Sing, you know, <clears throat> it's not like they're classic love stories or classic. Uh, and I think if you just go down to my songs, you know, A Child's Mind. I mean, that's a song that's, again, not a common thing that's written about. Um, even We Accept the Love We Think We Deserve, sure, it's about love, but the whole twist on it is very unique and different. Right. Um, you know, so that that's kind of, again, every artist and lyricist thinks that what they're doing is unique. They all think it's different and it's not boring. And, you know... Again, not not that I don't write some cheesy love songs like everybody else, but I try to be different. Uh, right. There's a unique spin on them. There's a unique angle. Um, you know, so that that's kind of what I'm trying to do. So you don't sit down and say I'm calculating the next big hit. You just write from the heart. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I don't do that. And again, to be honest, a couple years ago when I sat down to digitize all my songs from you know napkins and paper and whatever they were written on, I lost track at 2000. So I have, at this point, my biggest dilemma is I've, I've definitely gotten better. The songs I write now versus when I was in fourth grade versus 10 years ago are better. And sometimes I'll bump them to the top and say, hey, this is what I'm going to do next. But the hardest part for me is looking through my tiles and saying, what am I in the mood for? Right. You know, what do I want to write about? And I try not to let what's popular dictate that because, you know, one fan was like, hey, all the songs you write are depressing. What are you doing? Um, again, I think there's positive songs, there's negative songs, and I try not to... Uh, one of the one of the people that I had review my album was like, you know, a couple of these songs don't go on this album. You know, they're different style, they're different. But again, to me, I don't look at it and say, okay, this album has to be... You know, next year's album is called Pain of the Past. So certainly there's a little theme there and some of the songs fit on that, but I'm not going to be, I don't want to adhere to just saying, okay, these are all going to be depressing songs. This CD, they're all going to be happy songs. This CD, they're all going to be 80 songs. I'm going to do my unique sound and it's different. You know, one of the songs coming out next year on Pain of the Past is a Halloween song, which is, I think, going to be a great Halloween song. And people are going to look at that and say, this doesn't fit on this album. Right. Um, the second song is a Valentine's Day song, which is a very, very positive, inspirational Beatles kind of sounding 
love song. So again, it's not all going to be about heartache, and and I don't want to be put in that hole. You know, I, I want to do what I want and release what I want. And to me, it might make sense. To others, it might not. But there's a reason for everything I do. It might not be obvious to people, but there is. Well, you know what? There's no pigeonholing for Sorrentos, which I love. And and you make a good point. If you're going to try to write hit songs, uh, give up. <laughs> it's like yeah. because like if there's there's no way that anybody ever knows what makes a hit song. Even the people that have all the formulas figured out, it's a bunch of nonsense. Because if everybody knew that, everybody would be rich. And you know, it just doesn't work like that. I think you just you know, it's always a surprise. Like even some of the great artists, um, you know, who have had monster hit songs uh, would say. I, I we had no idea that this was going to be a hit. It was just like a knockoff for the for the rest of the album, to, like a filler. And look what happened. Yeah. So so I think writing from the heart is is the way to go. Sorantos, we actually need another. We got to have to do this again because I didn't even scratch the surface. But I wanted to uh, acknowledge uh, the fact that you donate. Uh, uh, your some a lot of your sales, um, some of your sales to charity. That is a really, really um, wonderful thing that you do. And uh, you know, just despite all the things, the challenges we uh, described, uh, to have that in your arsenal as far as giving back, man, says you have a big heart. So uh, I just want to um, acknowledge you and, and thank you for that on behalf of all the charities you uh, donate to. So. Um, as we're wrapping up here, um, I wanted you to just give us uh, your best website, and I have all your links. Thank you for sending that, and all of those will be in the show notes. But favorite place for people to go to learn all about Sarantos and his music? Sure, Kevin. I think my main website is probably the biggest source of information. It's www.melogia.com. Uh, which in Greek means with words. And since I'm all about the lyrics, I thought that was appropriate. Yes. But, um, you know, on there, the one thing I would definitely recommend they do is sign up for my email list. I don't spam people. I've never asked them to buy anything. But I send out two emails a month. One is when the new song comes out. One is when the new video comes out. And, of course, there's links to all my music. They can download everything for free. There's a bunch of pictures, uh, you know, for each month that come out with a song. There's videos and um, I encourage them to follow me on any platform they want. I'm on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and I'd be happy to share my journey with them, and I appreciate their support and yours. Excellent. Sorantos, this has been really, really great. Um, I enjoyed your music. I enjoyed your conversation with you and uh, especially enjoyed getting to know you. I think you're a, a, just a really unique and special individual and success is going to follow you, my Greek brother. So thank you for being a part of Dharmic Evolution. I had a great time hanging with you today. Thanks, Kevin. I did too, and I'd be happy to be on any time, and I'll send you the new song each month, and anything you need, let me know. Got a new fan here in James Kevin O'Connor. Thanks, Sorantos. Okay, have a great day. Okay, we finally break into Greece via Chicago. Easy to believe. What if I never see you again? Back and forth. Check out the show notes. And uh, please support Sorantos in his music and his quest 
to inspire our imaginations. Really had a great time visiting with him today, and I hope you guys did also. Hey, tune in on Valentine's Day, February 14th, and hear my interview with a very talented frontman for Dr. Scientist. He's a singer-songwriter. He's also Anthony Vitale's right-hand man at the Original Music School in Morristown, New Jersey. Yes, it's my son, Trevor Kevin O'Connor, is joining us for a rockin' good time. Hey, also swing over to DharmicEvolution.com. Check out all the content on the site. If you've been on this show, you're on that site, including my coaching page. If you're a podcaster new to the space or thinking of becoming one, I can help you without help you out with that. So uh, just email me at Kevin at DharmicEvolution.com and I'll take you down that trail. There's also videos, photos, conversations, music downloads, and links to all of my past guests. Don't forget the downloads are free. However, the content, it's priceless. That's it for me today. I'm your host, James Kevin O'Connor, singer, songwriter, audio video artist, and master storyteller. So until the next time when we meet again, I'll either see you on the socials or I'll see you from the stage. Let's do it.